Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. What if I told you that it only takes three simple tools to dramatically change your life for the better, that by learning and mastering these three tools, you can find inner peace, joy of living, and true meaning for the rest of your life? By middle age, you know, most of us have long since removed those rose-colored glasses that made the world look so bright when we were in our early 20s. Back then, we felt like we had been created to make connections, shine brightly, and make true, uh, truly meaningful contributions to the world around us. But since then, we've gotten married, maybe even divorced, began raising kids, paying bills, and settling into our daily workday grind. And we've kind of forgotten about all those noble ambitions uh, amidst the daily uh, coping with the daily bouts of reality. But the problem is now more than ever, many of us still feel the need to discover greater meaning in our lives. And we seek connection to a higher power, whether you call that power God, Allah, Yahweh, universal intelligence, whatever, a power far greater than ourselves. But if you're like me, too often we think the journey simply is too complex or difficult and assume that the answers lie beyond our capabilities, so we hold back. But here's some good news. My guest, author, empath, and spiritual teacher, Luann Ludwig, is here to tell us that everyone, including you and me, has the power to transform our lives for the better. An inner peace and a calm mind not only will vastly improve your daily life, uh, it also will enable you to open yourself to the awesome power of divine love and pure positive energy. And that's a great combination, counterbalance, isn't it, to these turbulent times. And Luann Ludwig will discuss these three powerful tools in a few moments. But first, here's her biography. She was a successful driven real estate agent in Southern California, but she reveals instead of being thrilled and happy with my success, I was restless and unfulfilled. And in the midst of one hectic season, she found herself, and as she said, called by voices I could only describe as divine and drawn to a search that had nothing to do with hot properties. And uh, the more she learned and the more she practiced the techniques she'll describe today, the deeper her sense of peace and joy became. And today she brings the same experience to others. The empathic uh, practice has helped hundreds achieve peace and harmony in their everyday lives. And she's author of the brand new book, A Journey Within, that helps guide readers to God-centered thinking. And hello, Luann Ludwig. Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hello, Roy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, to begin, the, the suspense is killing us. Can you please identify for us those three simple tools that can bring us inner peace, joy, and a genuine feeling of meaning into our lives? Well, my book actually holds several tools, but seriously, if you just pick out a few of them, for instance, these three, 
intention setting, um, keeping a handle on our inner voices and fears, thoughts, okay, and then staying mindful um, and in the flow of life, those three tools will just catapult you into a much more peaceful, calm way of living. Great. I'd like to briefly discuss each of these three tools in turn. Set your attention. How best should we go about doing that? Well, what I do is I set an overall intention first thing in the morning. Yeah, that just a lot of cr- sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it it it, oh, it just sets it for the entire day. Something like um, my intention today is to encounter many people who will help bring more peace to to my existence. Something like that, okay? And that that would just set the tone for the day. And then as I go through the day, I set intention after intention. Um, sometimes I do it in prayerful form. It depends on my mood. I might say, you know, I might say, Heavenly Father, I pray this meeting will go smoothly and um, the highest of information come forward for all to hear. Or I could say it in in a form of a regular straightforward intention. It just all depends on your mindset and your belief system. You know, it makes so much sense to just set that intention and then leave it up to God to handle the details. Exactly. That's exactly it. Well, your second tool to accomplish inner peace is tune into the voices of your inner fears. And I'm confused here. Isn't that the very voices of fear and low self-esteem? low expectations that have been standing in the way of our forward movement, why in the world would we want to tune into them? Well, what you want to do, well, let me let me step back just a minute and explain what I'm speaking of here, because um, actually before I became acquainted with this technique, I didn't even really notice how the voices in my head just take over so often, and it happens to us all. Maybe we've already made a decision on a point, but then as you're driving to the store or you're driving to work or you're, you know, whatever, you're in the car, all of a sudden your mind just takes off spinning and and arguing with you about what you just made a beautiful decision on from a concerted discerning effort, and it's shooting arrows through all of that. So the way through this is to step back, center yourself, you step back and take a breath, get a little relaxed and just watch those voices. Just watch them as an observer and don't let yourself get caught up in what's being said. Just watch them. And Be realize the they're not always your friend. <laughs> exactly. And what happens almost magically is that they fade. They just yeah. fade away. Yeah. And then you realize, wow, those were just that monkey mind jumping in there to throw kinks in the works. Yeah, they, uh, by observing those inner voices, as you put it, you diffuse their power. And I love that statement because, uh, you know, so often we're Year after year, we're confounded by the same little voices telling us we can't do something or why we're not capable of uh, advancing, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, well, your third tool, stay mindful, has always frustrated me because I've often attempted to focus my mind on the present moment, but I've never really succeeded. My wife often tells me that my mind is a million miles away. <laughs> and a couple yep. of years back, we had a guest that told us all about mindfulness meditation. <coughs> My attempts to uh, 
do what is always thwarted by distractions. Can you tell us how how easy it is to master a uh, staying mindful? Yes. What you what you want to do is set the intention to be mindful throughout the day, and then. Every time you notice that your mind is twirling off in, and you're in the future and you're worrying about this or that or you're in the past and, you know, beating yourself up over something or telling yourself, oh, that was horrible, you know. Anyway, what you do is bring yourself back into the present moment by noticing the ground under your feet or the chair under your seat, your hands on your desk, and look and notice you know, a light, the tree, the breeze, the furniture around you. That's what immediately brings you back into this moment. And then also, with respect to being in conversation with people, that you're actively listening. You are in the moment. You're not letting your mind take off on a tangent from something they had said. You're keeping it present. And as you see it go off, you bring it back to the present. Yeah, and I like how you say you you bring it to the present without judgment. It's so, especially these days and times. Uh, every time the progressives or for the conservatives, the conservatives for the progressives speak, you always prejudge that they're wrong. <laughs> right, right. We just want to stay non-judging and in the moment because what the beauty of this is is it allows the universe to fill in those gaps once again. It allows us to stay in the flow of life, in the flow of the divine in the universe to fill in the details for us in the most amazing and fabulous ways. Yeah. Well, in times of frustration, I've observed people, or in times of a big challenge, I've observed folks looking up towards the heavens and bowing their heads and seeking God for assistance, a God far away somewhere beyond the universe. But you tell us instead of looking for God outside ourselves, we should seek peace and connection to the divine by traveling within. And please explain, how will I ever find God hanging around inside little old me? I love that. The thing is, I really believe the universal forces of God is all around us all the time, but that we also have a piece of it within us, that God experiences life through each person, and that's how uh, the universe expands from each person's varied experience that God takes a ride in. You know, we're here for freedom of choice and all of that, um, so that so that God can have this varied experience. And, you know, that's that's how this all happens. So as you learn to love that piece of you who is God, that that really pervades your entire interior, if you open yourself to it, because once again, we have that freedom of choice, mm-hmm. then once you connect to that inner divine part of yourself, that is your true and strong connection to source energy, to God, to the universal forces of all that is. Well, you promote a rather surprising way to diffuse drama, both inside when you're upset and your mind's boiling, and outside when you're seeking to dial down a conflict. What is that way? Well, I believe becoming mindful, going back to that once again, bring yourself back into the present moment, calm yourself down, and and let 
the universal forces take over, you like know, hand you over that control. Use forgiveness, forgive yourself and others, because that goes such a long way to uh, diffusing the drama, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh, big time, because how many times a day do things happen that we go, oh, oh I hate this, oh, oh, I'm so frustrated with that, so on and so forth, with and things that people say, oh, oh my goodness, right, with that. politics these days? Yeah. Hello. So the idea is you see that, and what that's doing, it's pushing buttons within you. It's pushing our, our yeah. buttons for something that we need forgiveness and healing of within ourselves. So if we say, if we take a minute, you know, I know we don't have a lot of time today to go into any detail on this, mm-hmm. but in my book it explains a beautiful forgiveness exercise yeah. to help you to forgive yourself for whatever it is that that button is pushing. And once you can do that, all of a sudden those things don't bother you as much anymore. <laughs> once again, you're bringing more people peace and enjoyment to your own life and allowing the flow of the universe to work through you. It's, it's just a beautiful way to live. Well, when, we're, when we're spending too much of our time regretting something we did or bemoaning something that we do not have, what's a sure-fired way to restore a positive outlook to our mind? Bring yourself back to the present moment, and, and in the present moment, what am I grateful for in this moment? That's what am I grateful for in this moment? Start and then once about you start all the good that, things that you have rather than all the bad things you don't have. Exactly, because where we put our focus, that's what gets bigger, okay? And so yeah. you want to always keep your focus and being grateful, oh, does that ever raise us up? Being grateful raises us up. And when we're down and we're low, it's really hard to do that. But if you start and make a concerted effort to think of something, one little thing I'm grateful for right now, <laughs> one little thing. And then that can grow to one other and one other. And what they do is that I call it a gratefulness rant. It it propagates itself. Oh. It grows. It gets easier as you do it. And that that's a great tool. That's another great tool. Well, you know, in Chapter 12 of your book, uh, I make su- you make such a good point. Once we discover the divine nature within ourselves, what's the final step to God-centered living? The final step, well, it's an ongoing process, that's for sure. And so utilizing all these tools to help us stay centered and to help us be living that peaceful, calm place in our mind instead of flying off in the future in the past and allowing that connection to the divine to stay strong, keeping those intentions in that direction. What I particularly liked about that chapter, you said to take the opportunity to seek the God nature in everyone and everything. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You make that connection. You know, you're never really going to be renewed in your life unless you bring other people into the picture and recognize their God nature and seek to serve them. Absolutely. Never just by yourself. But, uh, Absolutely. No matter how torn up a person appears, the truth is they there's something beautiful inside of them because they have a piece of God inside of them. Even if it is so bad that you think you can't even do any kind of forgiveness, if you get real quiet, you'll be able to find a place where you can be grateful for them for showing you, for instance, what you don't want to be doing to your life and to others. <laughs> Good point. Well, let's focus a bit on your remarkable little book, A Journey Within. What do you see as the main purpose of your book? 
to help us all find a more peaceful way of living, a way of staying connected to the divine and being in the flow of life. That connection to to our inner inner God self is just the the most beautiful gift I would offer anyone. I can't think of a more important connection that any one of us can have. Well, your book is short, only about 90 pages long, and it's told as a story of a young boy who wakes up on a deserted tropical island with only a pet monkey and occasional visits from a, a creature that seems like God. Why did you write the book in this form? Well, it was actually a series of short stories that helped me as I wrote them. They weren't intended necessarily to be a book until later it flowed in that direction. But they were there to help me learn each and every tool because I had spent decades reading book after book about these such things and thinking they were such wonderful concepts, but I hadn't figured out exactly how to grasp onto them and get them integrated into my life as soon as I'd set the one book down, I would go, wow, that was so great. I'm going to do that. I am going to do that. And then my life would just take off on me, drama after drama, and then the book fades from the concepts, fade, and they sit in the back of your mind and not in the front. I suffer because I've had exactly the same experience a number of times with these self-help books. They sound so great, but then... uh... Six months later, I probably forgot most of what was in them, and I never really applied the suggestions that seemed right. so good at the time. But <laughs> right, this book is set up to kind of keep around because once you read it all the way through, you get a lot out of it to read it that way. But to do dips later into it, you can refer back to sections. Oh, I forget how specifically to do intentions. Well, there's a couple of chapters in there that refer to intentions, intention setting, and you know, or forgiveness or whatever. You just dip into that, go straight to it, and it's put in such a simplified form that it kind of sticks in your mind because it's a sweet little story about a boy and his monkey, for goodness sake, and a <laughs> and a, a godlike mentor, beautiful yeah. um, character. So yeah, I loved it, when you uh, talked about the law of attraction and you had a little uh, Alexander, I think that's the boy's name, and the uh, <laughs> seagulls that kept coming in <laughs> eating oh. his food. And when he stopped thinking about the negative aspects of them, they went away. Oh, my goodness. That is a crazy chapter. And you know what? That was based on something in my own life. We had ant infestation like you would never believe. And it was it was something else. And you know what? That What he went through wasn't even close to what I really went through. But that is a parable of of what I went through in trying to mentally overcome how I was inviting that into my life. And then it applies to so many things in our life. It really Where does. Where our listeners go to preview and purchase your book? What's the best place to do that? Well, it's available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, all kinds of different places, um, but it is also available. There's a link right on my website, uh, com, L-O-U-A-N-N-E-L-U-D-W-I-G.com, and yeah. Yeah, that, uh, I noticed you have uh, some blogs on there, and you also offer... Uh Soul insight reading questions and personal dream for interpretation uh, that people can take advantage of as well if they want to do that. But uh, so it's a fascinating website to visit. Thank well, you. in conclusion, with God equals universal love, all things are possible. 
but for so many of us, it's connecting to the divine that's the challenge. And I don't know about you, but by, by the time I was in my 40s, I knew that I needed guidance beyond myself to reach my full potential, to become joyful, dedicated, loving individual I was created to be. And probably like a lot of you, I read a number of self-help books on meditation, the law of attraction, self-actualization, connection with the divine, but the methods proposed always seemed so complicated, and I never had time to accomplish them after I finished the book. I only wish I had come across Luann Ludwig's inspiring little book, A Journey Within, years ago, back then. Of course, it wasn't written back then, but (laughs) 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 and her three tools are, are really easy to apply. And they really do lead you down that journey towards spiritual consciousness and divine grace. And uh, those three tools, learn to live with intention, expose yourself to the inner voices in your head, and stop listening to them, and learn to live in the now. They certainly are not impossible skills to master. And best of all, the grand prize for mastering them is a dramatic change in your entire life experience and outlook. And think how positive it will be when you find yourself routinely open, calm, clear, and positive. And uh, you recognize God and all of the folks, and for that matter, all of the animals and uh, creatures around you. And in the perpetual state, uh, you will truly align yourself with the God force and discover joy, meaning, and boundless love. And to get started, I highly recommend you preview and purchase Luann Ludwig's inspiring little book, A Journey Within. And once you receive it, read it through in uh, one afternoon. Uh, begin your personal journey the very next day or even that same day. But as Luann suggests, keep that book nearby because every time you pick up one of those chapters and read that story again, You'll discover a few little additional insights you may have missed before. And thanks to me and Luann Ludwig for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much, Roy. It's been such a pleasure. And best of success with your book and in all that you do. We certainly need the inspiration in these uh, disturbing times, the contentious times all of us are going through. Right. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, from time to time, we like to call your attention to books of special interest to middle-aged folks like us, and today I'm going to introduce you to just such a book. It's titled, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time, and here's a surprise. In her book's forward, author Rebecca Whitman describes her situation as she sat down to begin writing. She says, I was 46 years old, newly divorced, and my father had just passed away. Now, if you or I were in that situation, having just been hit with double whammies, I'd wager that we'd be devastated, anything but inspired to write a book on positive outcomes. But Rebecca Whitman tells us that uh, she was the happiest I've ever been in my life. And she's here to tell us why she was so happy and at peace in the face of such difficult circumstances. And here's her bio. Rebecca Whitman is an accomplished writer and transformational public speaker. She graduated from Princeton University. I've heard of that with honors. (laughs) She has over 25 years' experience in commission sales and is a marketing and business development executive with several different firms, including startups, 
and during which she and her sales teams set numerous production records. And over the past 30 years, she has studied extensively in the areas of metaphysics and spirituality and how to make a six-figure income working part-time is her first book, but I doubt it will be her last. And oh, by the way, she's also a screen actress who's appeared in numerous TV shows, plays, commercials, and movies. And hello, Rebecca Whitman. We are indeed honored by your presence. Hi, Roy. It's great to be here. Well, contrary to what some of us may surmise from your title, the Amazon summary tells us that this is not a get-rich-quick book. And Lord knows there's plenty of those on the market, very few of them worth a dime. But uh, in contrast, what is the primary message your book is intended to deliver? The message is that when you have these specific seven areas of your life in balance, that you'll manifest money and health and romance and anything else you want. Yeah, that's that's the great way it is. You don't put the horse or you put the horse before the cart rather than the cart before the horse. <laughs> well you point exactly. out how foolish it is to to work long and hard for forty plus years to accumulate money and the material amenities it will buy, only to end up burned out, miserable, and unfulfilled. And beyond paying for basic needs, you wisely advise your readers, at least for you, money serves only one purpose. And what is that true benefit of money? It is freedom. Wow, I'm impressed you have really thoroughly read my book. I I love it. So, yes, money is to give you freedom, which I define in the book as the ability to do what you want, when you want, where you want, and with whom you want. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Well, in your book, you inform us that you're not a gazillionaire, whatever that is, <laughs> but that, that, <laughs> that never was your purpose. On the other hand, achieving the proper work-life balance has produced for you a number of side benefits, and I think you touched on them before. But what are those, uh, some of those side benefits that you have with that proper balance? Well, like I said, I, I'm not, I don't want to work for money. I want money to work for me. So I have free time. I have time to exercise, spend with friends, travel, pray, meditate. I like, I like this. You, you walk your dog an hour a day. You have animal kinship. I like that because we had some dogs in the past. And they're always I great do. <laughs> they're great. I walk my dog. I have a 105-pound chocolate lab, and wow. I walk him for at least an hour or three miles every day. And oh, he doesn't seem to be losing any weight, but I do. So it's working for me and not for him. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. I like how you sleep eight hours every night. That's another uh, key thing that oh, so yes. many of us are missing. <laughs> and we yes, really I do love to get. sleep. Well, yeah, many sleep of us, is... I believe no, go ahead. No, I just I I love that this show is for middle aged people and I think that middle aged people think that sleeping, you know, eight hours is for young kids, but middle aged people we need <laughs> our sleep too. We think it's optional, but it's not. <laughs> well, many of us believe we must get the money first before we can live the best life, but you inform us that exactly the opposite is true. Please tell us why you believe that financial abundance will be created as a byproduct 
of getting specific areas of our life in alignment. And can we enjoy life and thrive financially at the same time? What's your secret? Well, the secret is this. We keep putting off our happiness. You know, we go to school, we get good grades. We feel like if I can just graduate high school, I'll be happy. If I can just graduate college, I'll be happy. If I can just go to grad school, if I can just get married, if I can just have a kid, if I can just pay for my kids to go to college, if if my kids can just get married, if I can just be a grandparent, then I'll be happy. And and before we know it, our life is over. When I retire, I'll be happy. When I retire, I'll be happy. And and usually you don't know how to retire because you never – figured out how to be happy in the meantime so you can right. being frustrated and <laughs> exactly so what i'm saying in the book is instead of putting off your happiness why not just be happy now and as you get these areas of life and balance it will be easier for you to make money because you'll you'll be happy and you'll be healthy and you'll have the energy to produce a result in your financial life. If we're working nine to five and parenting and we're just exhausted, um, we're not going to have the entrepreneurial spirit that we need to create real abundance. Because if you work a job, you're limited by the amount of hours in the week. Yeah, that's very true. Well, in your uh, new book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time, you discuss the seven key areas of our lives, all of them interwoven, as you put it, into the fabric of our being. Can you please briefly identify these seven areas? Absolutely. So the first area is your spiritual life. That is the most important area because if you're connected to God or source or the universe, whatever that greater power is, that's going to set a foundation and a tone for a very uh, fulfilling life. The second area is your physical life. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have your health, it doesn't matter. Your health is the number one resource, and in the book I say that yeah, health it's, it's is the new pretty, wealth. pretty hard to feel real good and, and positive in a 50-pound overweight body. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, health is so important. Um, the third area is your emotional health, having a healthy emotional life. And I talk about the difference between love and fear, and we want to switch our fear-based thoughts to love-based thoughts. Yeah, too much of our life is based on fear, as you point out. It's true. Our whole society is based on fear, and that's how they get us to buy stuff, because we're scared if we don't <laughs> if we don't buy the certain perfume or purse or shirt, then we're we're not going to be yeah. good enough. No, we're um, not the next be young enough. <laughs> Young enough, yes. Oh, yeah. They sell us a yeah. lot of products to be younger, especially middle-aged people. We all want to – we'll pay anything to look younger. Yeah. Um, rom- romantic is the next area. Um, the person that you're intimate with has a huge impact on your finances. If you're with someone that's constantly doubting or berating your ability to be successful, it's going to be really challenging. Whereas if you're with that's someone sure. who's supportive and – believes in your goals and dreams, it's going to be a lot easier to achieve them. Uh, The next area is your mental health, and that's different than romantic because mental, we have to always be learning something. As as we get older, we don't want to just become um, happy with just the status quo, but there's 
there's always new things to learn in life. And I so appreciate you and your listeners learning about my book because that's an area where you are being open-minded and learning. Um, the next yeah. area is social and having a community yeah, of very like. happy all by themselves all the time, that's for sure. <laughs> or thinking that is only true. about themselves all the time. Exactly. And it's especially if we have the goal of making a six-figure income part-time, that's not what most people are doing. So you want to yeah. surround yourself with people that are positive and goal-oriented and that support you. And then the yeah. final area is the financial. And in the yeah. book, I talk about uh, some sales tips, some marketing strategies, how to manage your time so that you can be the most productive and get the financial results that you want working part-time. Yeah, and having a good time doing it, that's so crucial and what so few people accomplish. <laughs> you know, it's so true. Having fun is the most important thing because that's going to attract people to your business or idea, whether it's customers, clients, vendors, business partners. Nobody wants to be around someone who is constantly negative and upset, and that actually repels money versus someone who's happy and having fun. People are just going to want to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing. You know, when you go into a store or a restaurant or whatever, you can always tell if the staff is having fun or not. <laughs> it's so readily apparent. <laughs> you really can. Who really wants to serve you and is happy to be doing it. <laughs> Yes, and well, emotions are contagious. That, you warn that one of the one or more of the seven key areas of our life is deficient and not under control. It throws off the entire equation and greatly diminishes our joy of living. Can you please give us one or two examples of how that might work? I know I can think of a few myself. Of course. I mean, how many of your listeners out there have had a romantic relationship gone bad affect every other area. So if you have a partner or a spouse that is constantly berating you and criticizing you and telling you that you're not good enough, it's going to affect you in every area, physical, mental, social, and ultimately financial. Um, Social, if you have friends, they say that your income is usually within 10% of the people that you spend your time with socially. So if all your friends are complaining that they're broke and they can't pay your bills and you say I'm going to make a six figure income part time they're going to they're going to really laugh at you and they're going to say yeah no right way. you are <laughs> and then yeah. if you do start making that money they'll, they'll they won't want to be around you anymore cuz you'll spoil their uh, feeling that everyone is in the same sad boat they are <laughs> that's true if you ever go to a bar everybody has a sob story and if somebody yeah. walks into the bar all happy, nobody wants to sit with that person. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you assure us that one small tweak in your approach could be a huge game changer, positive game changer in your lifestyle. Can you please cite an example of how that might work? As an example, what one action could I take to reduce my daily stress of living and make it life fun again? I say find a physical activity that you enjoy doing and plan your day around it. So whether that is running, walking, uh, doing a a certain class at the gym, lifting weights, Zumba, and there's so many different physical activities, uh, yoga, that you can find one that brings you joy. And if you just plan your day around that 
I think all seven areas are going to shift for the better and you're going to start to see a change in your life. I think not long, maybe after three weeks. They say it takes 21 days to form a habit. So I think you can see a change in all seven areas within three weeks if you make physical fitness a priority. Yeah, I notice when I go for a walk in the morning, the whole day seems much brighter or any yeah. exercise, bike riding or whatever. Well, then you, uh, you make the excellent point in addition to uh, make ourselves happier in life. So often it's a process not of addition, as society teaches, but of subtraction. Can you please explain what you mean by this? Yes. Um, one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Michael Bernard Beckwith, uh, said that, that the spiritual path is a process of subtraction, not addition. So in society, it's consumer-based. We're taught if I can just get that car, get that home, get that flat-screen TV, if I can get more stuff, then I can be happy. But when you're on a spiritual path, you want to simplify your life and you want to have yeah. less stuff so you can feel more freedom. An example is if you look at the people in third world countries, a lot of them don't have hardwood floors. They're living on dirt floors. They don't have indoor plumbing. Yeah. They're, you know, using an outhouse and they don't have, you know, any of the technology we have but they're happy and they have beautiful relationships and families and they're just loving life. How can that be? Because they have simplified their life. They're not programmed into the state of acquisition that you put it. That's that's why. (laughs) Yeah, because we're so programmed for acquisition that even if we do get a brand new car, we'll be happy for like one day and then it's like, oh, now what do I need? (laughs) Then our neighbor gets a better one. Right, exactly. And that's, and that's I like how, how you say you you and I must be willing to walk away from people, places and situations that no longer serve our highest goal. I think that's crucial as well as the material less material uh, well-being is uh, also quit subjecting yourself to something you just don't enjoy doing. I agree. I think that there's no such thing as neutral energy, Roy. People are either adding energy and enhancing our life and our well-being or they're draining our energy and they're detracting from our life and our well-being. And if you really want to walk this path of being a happy, abundant person, you have to have the willingness to walk away from the people that no longer serve your highest good. And sometimes it's sad, but I believe that people are in our life for a reason or a season or a lifetime and you know we can bless those people and move on if they're not supporting our highest good and i think we know deep down who is who supports us and who doesn't yeah well is your book an easy read can it be digested in a single afternoon or is it something it'll take it's, weeks and weeks to get through <laughs> <laughs> it is such an easy read it's only about 85 pages and oh. it goes by very quickly and we're in a in a day and age where people don't have the time to read, you could probably read the whole book in an hour and a half. And you can also but get the book on audio. It's a book you keep reading. I should keep reading over and over again because you gain a little bit more each time you read it. And I, I love that kind of book. But uh, where's the best place to preview and purchase your new book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time? Where should we go for that? Uh, You can get it on Amazon.com, and it's available in paperback, Audible, CD, and Kindle formats. Wow. (laughs) That covers it all. 
Yeah. Can you give us a website address where we can learn more about you and the resources you offer? Do you have a website where we can go? I do. It's RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. That's RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. And one of the things I'm doing this weekend on September 16th, if you're close to the L.A. area, I am having my first seminar based on the book, and because it's the first one, it's very inexpensive. It's only $49 for a five-hour seminar, which is less than $10 an hour to learn all these areas that are going to help you make so much more money. Well, I'll hop on the plane and get out there. That sounds great. That would be great. We'd love to have you. (laughs) I believe that almost all of us would agree with this premise from Rebecca Whitman's book, I believe happy is the new rich, and I love that statement. And like Rebecca, I'll bet most of us know folks who did, as she puts it, all the right things. They have a good education, all the money they need, the perfect family, and a great social standing in their community, yet they're miserable, and I sure hope that doesn't include you. And here's a far better idea. Why not dedicate the rest of your life to being happy? And as Rebecca recommends, beginning right now, pause and ask yourself three simple questions. What do I want out of life? How do I feel about my current circumstances? And what action, if any, is needed to get what I want? If you can answer all three of those questions, you'll be well on your way uh, to a better life. And as a great assist in answering these questions, I highly recommend you preview and purchase Rebecca Whitman's brand new book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time, and as one of the positive reviews on Amazon promises, Rebecca doesn't just talk about changing your life, she lays out clear steps to make it happen, and if you are feeling stuck or in a rut, this is the book, this book will pull you out of it, and I don't know about you, but that's my kind of book, and thanks to me and Rebecca Whitman for joining us here today, best of success on your new book and in all that you do. Thank you so much. It was an honor and a privilege to be here with you and your wonderful listeners, and it was so nice meeting you, Roy. And please don't work too hard. (laughs) And that goes for all of you out there as well. Don't remain in prison working 40, 50, or even more hours a week in a job or primary daily activity that you don't even admire. And as Rebecca puts it, don't live to work. Instead, work to live and have some fun at it. Bye for now, and we'll talk to you again on next week's program of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 